This is Beth Bruno, and you're listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. If you're looking for the voices of strong women with tender hearts who are engaging issues that impact us all, but especially young women, this new series is for you. When COVID started, I paused the podcast and started a monthly membership community for women raising tween and teen girls. Each month we entered into our own stories and our daughter's glory through a relevant topic teen space. I interviewed experts and released them in this private group, and now you get to hear them too. Stay tuned for a lineup of wise thought leaders. I can't wait. Anna Lily, I am so glad you're here with me because throughout our journey with Fierce and Lovely Moms, They've seen a lot and heard a lot from Ella and Sophie, and they have not yet met um, my third daughter. (laughs) And I, you are close. Like you are days there, there, I think you're my third daughter. And there are days I think you're, you're my niece. And of course you're, you're Sophie's best friend, but your, your face is so often in our home anyways on FaceTime that it's as if you are a part of our family. So it is only right, it's only fitting that this community finally meets you and hears from you (laughs) directly. Um, I've, they have told me that their highlight is when, and for them as moms and their daughters is when they hear from the girls, when they hear from teens who are living the life that, that their daughters are living. And so thank you for saying yes and joining us in this month's conversation and topic, which is so relevant, so pertinent for all of us, not just teens. Um, And that is how do we love those who are in our lives who feel unlovable? Mm -hmm. And yet they are there. They are in our lives, like it or not. And then what do we do with that? And I've watched you walk through multitude relationships and situations that I would categorize in this arena. And so you came to mind immediately when I thought of who has experience in this. And I know you're only, you're 16, you're processing about it all is like still evolving, but I would, I just am so grateful that you're going to kind of share with us tonight a little bit. So all of that is our, my, my intro, but I'd love to hear, I'd love for you to share a little bit about yourself um, for our community. Like just, who are you? What, what grade are you in? What do you do with your time? What are your passions? What do you, you're starting to think about your future. What are you thinking about? So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Yeah. So I'm Anna, obviously. Um, I'm a junior in high school. Uh, I'm a swimmer. Swimming is a big part of my life. And I do want to do it in college, I think, which is really cool. Um, I love to snowboard and be outside, adventure. Um, I love to read. 
which is actually, and I do puzzles. So I'm consider myself a grandma sometimes because I just sit in my basement and do puzzles and read some. That's okay. <laughs> um, I guess for the future, I mean, it's been kind of a roller coaster, honestly, because I know I'm still junior and I've like so much time, but I'm like, I want to do this thing for a couple months. And I'm like, actually, that sounds like horrible. And then I switch up again. But I've kind of settled on something that I'm really passionate about, and that's astronomy and astrophysics. So as of right now, that is the major that I am hardcore considering. So I've been doing college visits, starting all that process, and yeah, kind of crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. And for those of us who are in like totally soft sciences, you're going to have to define astrophysics. Okay. So... It's pretty much the study and application of physics, chemistry, and um, like exploration of what we know of as space, time, and just the universe. So the like life and death of stars, galaxies, nebulas, like all this, it's so cool. I could geek about it for a while, but we're not gonna focus on that. (laughs) But that's pretty much what astrophysics is kind of about. So a lot of research, Um, yeah. It's so, it's cool to discover (laughs) that that might be something that holds for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Anna, you're a junior Mm -hmm. and um, you're a swimmer, you're, you work, you didn't mention that you are like an ice ice cream scooper extraordinaire. (laughs) Yep. And you're a, you're a young life, young lifer. Uh, right? Leader in, in young life. Um, you guys host that at your house. So you're involved in a lot of different things. And so, okay. So that's a great context, a little bit of a snapshot of who you are. Let's, let's dive in. And, um, I'd love for you to share from those different kind of worlds that you are Mm -hmm. in, whether it's job or young life or swim team or school or whatever, um, would you be willing to share some experiences that you've had with some people who feel unlovable? Mm -hmm. And it can be anything from like real surfacey, like the coworker that you barely know who drives you crazy (laughs) to maybe more, you know, a deeper friendship that has been challenging in its own right, whatever you'd like to share with us. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So I think unlovable is like a harsh word in like, and I think in the context that we're using it, it's like good. But for me, I think it's always been more of like people who are harder to love. Um, Cause I think everyone is deserving of love and being adored and just like, like everyone deserves that some people harder. I mean, definitely I have teammates on my swim team and coaches who are very hard to like get along with. And I've also learned through the last couple of years that not everything is like returned in the ways that I treat people. So like sometimes my kindness does not get returned. Sometimes my empathy or like, like actual, like physical action, like sometimes it's just like not matched by others. So 
sometimes it's disappointing <laughs> um, and that's hard. And so, especially when it's happening repeatedly, that can make it very difficult. Mm. Um, I have friends who have a lot going on in their lives that is uncontrollable for them. Um, and oftentimes I want to be there and support them, but I can't because they don't tell me or they're not willing to accept it themselves or there's just a lot going on. And so it's hard to love them sometimes when I can't be there for them and I can't help them. Um, and I think sometimes you just have to realize that you can't do everything <laughs> that maybe you feel like you need to be doing mm. when sometimes like loving people who really need that love, who really are just seeking that out. It's hard. <laughs> like it's, it's like a challenge in itself. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm hearing you say that in that situation, you can tell that what they need most actually is your love and care and empathy. Yeah. But if they are not inviting you in mm-hmm. and it letting you know of what's going on and how you can come alongside of them, then, mm-hmm. then you feel tied. How yeah. are you supposed to really come alongside of them if they're unwilling or unable to let you into that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I remember you did something for your swim team. Was it Valentine's day? You made yeah little I, and cards for everybody. Yeah, I wrote everyone an individual card and made like gift bags for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Is that one of those examples of like it feeling not really returned or was yes. reciprocated? Yes. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that, but yeah, I think there's a lot. I sometimes I believe that even the littlest action can like have the biggest impact. So like maybe that's you know I let someone go in front of me in my lane during a set because they need to warm down or whatever. Um, or like it's, I I make <laughs> I make homeless kits and I keep them in my car. And when I run out. Sometimes I don't have the time to make new ones, but anytime I go to the store and I see someone outside, like I go buy them stuff. And so like just little things like, and sometimes like I get a lot of gratitude and I get a lot of gratefulness. And then other times I just get like blank stares and mean comments. So I think it's, yeah, it's hard, but especially when it's not returned. Cause then you're like, am I even doing anything right? Am I even like, making a difference? Am I even like trying hard enough? Mm -hmm. Hmm. What keeps you going? What, what makes you try again when you've been, when that kind of kindness and attempt to show love is met with such like disregard? Um, some people have probably heard of this. I think it's more popular in like teenagers, but there's these bracelets, um, called what would Jesus do? And the answer to that is he would love first. And I think it's a reminder for me because I, I wear the he would love first bracelet every day. And so like, even when I like, it's, it's what God does like every day, like he reaches out to people, he seeks them out, he's there for us. And then sometimes we don't respond and we go take our own path and he's always there waiting. And so 
I want to live like that. And I want to think to myself, what would Jesus do for this person? What would he do in like this situation? Mm-hmm. And he would love first. So loving and giving and supporting, I think is something that I like to prioritize. Mm-hmm. And it's also a way for me to connect with God and mm-hmm. like, be like, he would do this. I can do this too. Mm-hmm. Capable of doing this. So, yeah. You feel like you're an extension of him and his love on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anna, I just need you to know that the WWJD bracelets were a thing when I was your age. Really? Yeah. Okay, Brad. So then you guys all know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I'm, I'm inspired by your heart and your motivation to show that kind of care whether it's for a stranger on the street corner or whether it's for your teammates. And especially when that feels like it might be like, you don't know how it's being received and yet you've continued to to do that. It's inspiring. Tell us a little bit about some situations that are a little closer to home, a little closer to your heart Mm -hmm. where it's been an actual friendship that has been particularly hard. And I, I hear you. I think the word unlovable is provocative. It's a, you know, it's a way to, to be extreme. You're right. Everyone is deserving of love. Um, so I hear you in that. So maybe it's to, to think more about those in your life who it's just been really challenging for whatever reason um, to continue to walk alongside of them. What, what have you found in those relationships that has helped you keep going, um, keep showing them love and where have you been challenged in that as well? Yeah, I have a really good friend, um, and she's struggling a lot, um, I think it was a couple months ago she attempted and that was hard. Her mom is cancer and her mom also cheated on her dad. And there's just, there's a lot going on that she can't, can't control. And she's the type of person to be like, you could like, she could be having the worst day of her life. And you ask her how she's doing. She's like, I'm doing great. Everything's fine. And usually she doesn't do that for me, but the past couple of like months, she has been doing that. And it's hard for me to show up because I'm never going to like leave her, but like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I have no idea how she's doing mentally or emotionally. And I can't, it's hard for me to check in because she just dodges and it's hard for me to like walk with her. I don't know what, I don't know what's happening. So, and I can, I can ask her to hang out. I can ask her to like study or something and she'll say yes, but it's always just like the small talk and it's hard because she's been like my best friend for a really long time Mm -hmm. and I can feel her drifting and I'm aware of that, but I also don't want to like push and like force something that's like not there, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 
That's hard. It's hard. And I, I've grown up like in a family that's like healthy. And I, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I can't relate with her. Like I can't. So that's hard too. Mm. Yeah. Well, it sounds though that it's not just, it's, it's less about your inability to relate to her and more about her being self-protective and not wanting to really engage all of the junk that's Mm -hmm. going on. You know, as adult women, we navigate that as well. And it's, it's that constant question of when do they need me to be fun and lighthearted? Mm -hmm. And when do they need me to push and tell them and call them out on their self-protective I'm fine statements and knowing how to do that feels like an art. It's, it's so difficult to know. You've been really consistent with her though. I mean, in that you've not you've not left her. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm one of the only people left. So, yeah. I don't know. Go No, go ahead. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I, I think it's just, I want her to know that I'm here to listen. I think in society, it's like always this huge, like thing of like fix, fix, fix. Like you just need to fix this. You need to fix them. And not, I, I think it's hard for people to be reminded that sometimes like they, somebody just needs like a person to listen to them. And mm. so by me just being here for her, like even if she's not ready to talk about it or she's not ready to like warm up or whatever, like I can still be here and I can still listen. I can still love her. Mm-hmm. Just like know that I'm like not going anywhere. Yeah. How do you communicate that to her, Anna? I show up. <laughs> I think a lot of people in her life don't show up. So. And what does that look like? Like practically, does that look like texting her every day or do you actually see her like at school or like, what does that actually look like? Yeah. Texting Snapchat. Um, we don't have any classes, but I do see her in the halls and I take her to swim practice sometimes. Um, I have, I hung out with her after a football game the other night. Um, and that was really fun. So just like continuing conversation, continuing, like, Mm. obviously not like pushing, like hang out with me this Friday, like, you know, but like offering and keeping myself available. Like, Hey, do you want to hang out in the future? Do you want to go get coffee? Like, yeah. Yeah. Communicating to her. My, my friendship is still here Mm -hmm. and available to you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So Anna, let's talk a little bit about where you have felt unloved mm-hmm. and, oh, <laughs> and the result has been more you've experienced, not just this, like what you've just described mm-hmm. where it's, it's almost an absence of real connection despite your efforts, but where you have felt hurt. Yeah. You have felt hurt. And you've wrestled through what your response ought to be. And should you continue to show love or not to that person? If you're willing to share even vaguely about any of those experiences. And then I'd love to hear 
how you came around, like what was, what Mm -hmm. were some of your conclusions about how to respond and what you ought to do? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Okay. So I actually have a perfect, perfect story in mind. Um, I went to Young Life Work Crew this past summer, 100% recommend. If you are a teenager and you want to do Young Life, I Work Crew is amazing. It's incredible. You should definitely look into it. Um, but, and it was amazing. Like I was a server and every single person I met there was just so filled with Jesus and just so passionate and loving and kind and like, oh, they're all the best. I love them. (laughs) Um, and, but I got sick about like a weekend. Um, and it was, there was a lot going on, I think behind the scenes that wasn't being addressed and was, and long story short, I did get abandoned in a cabin with another girl for like 24 hours and did not get food or water. And we were both sick throwing up. So it was, it was not a good experience. We both were making jokes throughout the whole thing, but I think both of us were like kind of shocked at the same time. Um, and I had my work crew boss was not present in that. And of course, like she's not my young life leader. She's not like in charge of me. Like we're all treated like adults, but at the same time, I'm like throwing up and feel horrible and have not been able to call my mom in a week. So it was, she didn't show up and that hurt me a lot. And then I'd gotten a little better. We were, we kind of had, we were in an isolation cabin just for others to like protect them. Um, and me and this other girl, I mean, we were both kind of getting better, but I was still feeling horrible. She was on a better path. Um, and it'd been a couple of days and I'd been praying and talking to my mom and like, just figuring out like, what does this mean? Like, obviously being abandoned in a cabin is not very fun. And I don't feel like I got like the treatment that I deserve in that situation. Um, and there was a lot of pointing fingers, um, at like us as like the work crew kids and like my leaders and the directors, um, no one really took the blame or apologized. So that was, and honestly, I think if someone had just like apologized, like it probably, I probably would have stayed like the whole time, but I mean, my work crew boss, she, uh, blamed me. (laughs) Um, and like, she didn't show up. She didn't check in at all. Was super distant. Um, and I had a conversation with her a couple hours before I left. And I was like, I think I need to leave. Like I prayed about this. Like I can't stay here. I need to get in a better headspace. And she yelled at me like in my face, like yelled. And she told me that she had taken care of me the whole time was kind of like, um, what is the word? Oh my gosh. I can't think of it. It'll come to me later, but (laughs) okay. Uh, Gaslighting. She, she was like gaslighting me into like thinking that it was fine. And she was like, you know, in the Bible, like 
the men persevere and like the people persevere and then they're rewarded with God's grace. And like, if you leave, God is going to be disappointed in you because this is not where you're like, this is not what you're supposed to do. And like, I didn't at that moment, like I was like, I just cried for like four hours straight. So I was like, so done. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently that was major red flags for everyone else. <laughs> and I did end up leaving and I did end up writing. I, I never, I'm never going to talk to her again. Uh, Cause that sucked. And then that had me doubting a lot. It was like, should I be leaving? Should I stay another night? Should I think about what God is doing like in this? Mm-hmm. When I already kind of knew the answer that I like needed to leave. Um, and I left her a letter and I like, I, I gave her a Bible verse from John. I don't remember. I think it was chapter 24 something. Um, but it, she had also said that if I was leaving, I was living in fear. And that's like, that's a big thing for me because I don't want to be afraid because I've, I've always kind of had like little anxiety and stuff and like, like just fear. And she was like, if you leave, you're living in fear. And like, God is going to be upset with you about that. So that was kind of hard. And I told her, I was like, I'm not going to live in fear. And I hope you have a good life. <laughs> That's pretty much what I said in my letter. Yeah. I, was, I was a little upset. Yeah. Um, and yeah. just emotionally like distraught and like had really no idea what was happening. Right. Right. You probably, I mean, you didn't know at the time that that's what spiritual abuse sounds like. Yeah, I didn't. I literally had no idea. And then I was telling my mom on the way home, and she's like, Anna, I'm glad you're in this car right now. Mm-hmm. Because, and I, I, I kind of like figured out later, like if I had stayed, she probably would have done it again and been like, aren't mm-hmm. you so glad you stayed? Aren't you so glad God like told you to like keep going? So mm-hmm. I guess like the first couple weeks after was so hard because people, okay. So we had like a Google photos or an album and everyone would keep uploading photos. And that was, and I, and like, I knew I made the right choice, but at the same time, like they're having so much fun. Like they're all doing so good. Mm -hmm. And I did get to like, serve one last dinner and like say goodbye to everyone. So it wasn't like super abrupt, but mm-hmm. that was hard. Yeah. It was a hard couple of weeks. And then I was mad at my work crew boss <laughs> for a while. Right. Yeah. So did you, I mean, it's only been a few months. Yeah. I don't want to shortchange that. Some people take years to process the kind of situation that you lived through. And yet I know you have already done a ton of processing and you've moved, you've moved through a lot of that anger. Where would you say you are today with that particular person? Mm-hmm. Um, I've forgiven her. I, I, I know that I think there was a lot going on with her and her relationship with God. And I have no, I'm not like targeting or I can't, I can't say, cause I'm, I'm not her. Um, but I don't think she was quite ready to be a work crew boss. Cause it, it's a lot like you're dealing with a lot. Um, 
And I had a lot of girls agree with me on that too, before I left. So that was validating. Um, but yeah, I've forgiven her and I hope she has a good life. (laughs) Um, and I am grateful for the experience that I had. And I've learned that that is not how work crew is supposed to go. That is not what young life is trying to accomplish. Not what their mission is. Um, So just like processing and I don't know, I'm grateful, a lot of gratitude at the same time, even though it was like, I really don't know if I could ever speak to you again. Right. Right. But I think, sorry, I think that's so important to name the, that you have on this level forgiven her Mm -hmm. and yet here a recognition of, I don't really want to talk to her again. that both of those things can coexist. It's not one or the other, right? Or it's not once I forgive, now we can enter into a relationship again, that, that perhaps you would be in a room with her again and you would walk away Mm -hmm. and that would be okay. And yet you still in your heart have forgiven her that those can, can live together, I think is important to name. And I love that you, at your age, you've already like figured that out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just, yeah, that's what I would want others to do. So. Mm. Yeah. 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 It can be hard to leave toxic relationships and like toxic stuff. Yes, it can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm impressed that you were even able to start that story with singing the praises of, of Young Life and Work Crew, but, but your maturity, Anna, that you've been, you, you have even been able to, to parse out this particular leader and the entire organization, and it's not all bad. Mm-hmm. And that's maturity that we would be able to view situations um, as in the gray. They're not either or black or white, all good, all bad. Um, and I think you've demonstrated a, a really powerful way of showing love to someone who's unlovable. It doesn't mean relationship necessarily, but could it mean forgiveness? Yeah. 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 Thank you for, thank you for sharing that story. Yeah. It, it's taken a couple tries to like not cry, but I nailed it this time. <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> I know it's been a journey. And like I said, it's only been a few months. Yeah. Yeah. It's still pretty raw. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have, I have one last question for you and I don't want you to answer it in relation to this person. Okay. Okay. But in other situations, um, where different individuals and maybe work would be a safer place to think about coworkers at work, where there are challenging people in our lives. Maybe it's a friend group, someone in our friend group, maybe it's a coworker, classmate, whatever. And we feel like we're being like, as a believer, we know God's calling us to love. And yet this person's really, really hard to love. And it's, it's very easy to see all of the things that they do, right? Like all of, especially if it's a closer connection, 
like to see, I think we just naturally as humans blame mm-hmm. and find faults in others quickly. So if you answer this, know that you're not alone. We're all in this boat, which is why I just would love to hear what, what you've experienced. But is there a situation where you have felt challenged to consider like where you might be at fault or in the wrong or perhaps needing to change something like where, where initially it's been, this person is so unlovable and like slowly over time you've realized and me too. Mm-hmm. Have you ever yeah. experienced that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Eighth grade middle school sucks. Wouldn't recommend not <laughs> at the time, <laughs> but it ought to be abolished. It, it's so bad. Um, I had, I had a friend who was like, we'd been friends through middle school and she was, she was so needy and like clingy. And I, and like, I hate to use that word, but I, I, I needed to get space and in doing so I ignored and I, that's, it's one of the biggest regrets because I probably hurt her so bad by ignoring her um and that was definitely my fault and I I will admit I want to apologize to her I like even though I haven't talked to her in like three years I still want to like apologize to her and I know I've got time Mm -hmm. but yeah I it was it was a hard really it like started off great and then it just like went downhill really fast and I don't think I was prepared and I also was like not very mature and smart in like the whole like relationship ending experience so yeah that was my bad (laughs) um yeah have you just started to think through that Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so three years later yeah yeah. I don't know. I like started thinking about what I regret. And one of my biggest ones is the way I treated her. Mm-hmm. Cause like, if I were her, someone treated me that way. Yeah. So. And is she still around? She hasn't moved away. So mm-hmm. she's still present. Mm-hmm. Have you, so you're considering perhaps <laughs> talking to her? Yeah. We're on like, peaceful terms I would say like like we tell each other happy birthday and I compliment her outfits sometimes but I've never like fully walked up to her and I would want to walk up to her I would want to say it in person and like own my actions and apologized and ask for her forgiveness so mm. yeah Anna I went to my 20th 20th high school reunion. You're not even 20. <laughs> um, it was years ago. And my last couple of years of high school, as I became a stronger Christian, I also became pretty dogmatic. I pushed, I, I pushed people away in my like hyperness. Anyways, there was a girl who came up to me at the high school reunion and basically did what you're talking about doing 
and apologize to, to me for being mean and pushing me away and, and actually named like, I couldn't, I couldn't handle your faith. It was too much. And like had since become a Christian and God had done a ton in her lives, in her life. And so she named it and it wasn't a time for me to like, to be able to remember all that I did or how I acted as a Christian, but it was so sweet to receive because I, it was a friendship that was lost Mm -hmm. with no explanation. And it was sweet, even though it was 20 years late to hear from her, like the why. Mm -hmm. And I just can only imagine for this girl to, to be able to hear the why, you know, just three years later, um, might really give her some peace and you too, especially Mm -hmm. if it's been bothering you lately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just scary. I don't know. I know it like, it won't go bad, but yeah. I bet it'll be a gift. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe I'll do it tomorrow. You know, maybe I'll just like turn the hallway or something. And Anna, really what I'm hearing you say is that in your, what, 13-year-oldness, 14-year-oldness, you didn't know how to hold all that she needed. You didn't know how to be all that she needed you to be and that you felt overwhelmed. And that's not, you know, that is giving it context doesn't necessarily like you feel bad and you want to apologize. And yet the bigger story is you didn't know how to be all that she needed you to be. Yeah. And there's grace for you in that too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I just, yeah, I, I've just been thinking about it a lot. I don't really know why either. I don't, I don't know where it came from or how I thought of it, but Mm. yeah, Yeah. (laughs) probably, probably not something to ignore. Yeah. Yeah. As hard as that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sucks to be the person at fault, especially when I like have taken a lot of time and like energy to be a person who loves people mm. and then to also like own it. Like, yeah, I've done some pretty messed up stuff too. And like, that's obviously not horrible. Like I haven't killed someone, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, I don't know. She like put her all into that and I couldn't. And therefore I hurt her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what I'm, I'm hearing you say that you're human. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you've experienced wrong. You just shared with us a story of young life and you also feel like you've wronged. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the story of humanity. The beauty Anna is that at your age, you're already facing it and you're working through it. And that's an example 
I feel like for all of us, mm-hmm. which is why you were such a great expert voice for this month. <laughs> I'm so glad. Your humility, your wrestling through things and your maturity in it all is, is really a beautiful model. So thank you for, for sharing with us and thank you for being who you are. Oh, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for listening today. If you're curious about something you heard, check the show notes for links to learn more. And perhaps you'd like to check out one of the Fierce and Lovely mini courses for a deep dive into a particular parenting topic. That link is in the notes too. Fierce and Lovely is a proud partner of the Restore Universe, where like-minded practitioners and programs are all infused with the Restory approach. Curious? Check us out at RestoryUniverse.com.